Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Michael. I am a chaser. And today, I am a super excited June boy. We are coming up on one hell of a month for me. I've got a (laughs) big-ass Disney show coming up with the chorus that I'm still prepping for. We've got bigger Vegas coming up at the end of the month, <laughs> which, and is, which is why we have a hiatus. In which June is for the exactly podcast. why we have a hiatus. But I'm getting ahead of myself. That's yeah. me today. How are you? I'm good. My name's Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today I should have considered what I would say at this point, but I didn't. So I am going to be a clueless, clueless boy while I'm <laughs> yammer at you and pretend that I had a witty thing to say. Here. <laughs> That's so clever, Don. I, thank you. I thank you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser, and uh, it is a lovely morning in, well, it's going to be June by the time uh, everyone else hears this, so. Yeah. La-di-da. Mm-hmm. La-di-da-indeed. That is the official motto. La-di-da-indeed, Dan. Well, that's the, uh, that's the motto for June. It's la-di-da, June. <laughs> I'm Trevor Keeson. I'm a super chub, and I am a, the day this comes out, and it'll be the day after my birthday, June boy. Yeah. Oh. Um, a birthday boy coming up. Another year older. Another year in the pandemic. <laughs> another uh, year wiser? Yeah. And I'm, I don't know, I guess I'm a, a NAFA pride June boy because there's a, a whole bunch of NAFA programming. That's that all exciting. sounded really exciting when you were talking about it. There was a lot of good stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so what's NAFA doing for pride? Month? Well, gentle listener, <laughs> we are partnering with Drag Queen Story Hour for a queen-sized uh, <laughs> Drag Queen Story Hour with Miss Terracotta Sugar Baker. Mm. And that will be... I love that name. Um, <laughs> Which just starts off this episode's <laughs> theme around food. But yes. <laughs> uh, it'll be June 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Nice, which is a Saturday. Yes. Uh, the Saturday before Father's Day. This, now, this is on the NAFA website or something? This, this, um, it's not the Big Fat Gay Podcast. It's NAFA and... The, NAFA the, and Drag Queen Story Hour. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll share that as the... You can pre-register and... There's some good books. It's going to be fun. That's nice. And also some discussion of body image and gay history and uh, lots of cool stuff. Cool. There's also going to be a panel on the intersections of fatness and uh, being on the non-binary gender fluid spectrum, which will be on June 25th. We're still kind of waiting for the time for that to land. I'm sorry. You... (laughs) You said on the intersections of fatness and then you pause. And in my head, I just filled in and fatness. <laughs> I mean, that's it's a, bro- it's a broad category. <laughs> uh, it's fatness and fatness, fatness and, and fatness. everything else. That's what we're all about here in the big fat gay podcast. Yeah. Um, um, there's a couple other things in the works, but those are two very exciting things. That's that are, awesome. People can check out while we're uh, away doing things yeah so as everyone's already mentioned we are taking a hiatus for the month of june for june Mm -hmm. um but you do not have to go june without us that's right um we are still producing content for the patreon channel Mm -hmm. Uh, we already have two juicy things recorded that is true very, at least one of them got recorded. We're very sure we got two. One, one was definitely recorded. So juicy, they got a drip pan. Oh boy. Well, um, with Trevor and me, that's it's on brand. We we yeah. talked about. Food. Well, I don't know. Maybe we cooking. We did a cooking episode. Yeah, yeah. And we realized, by the way, these were 
quote unquote mini sods until we realize that because I'm not having to edit them on our hiatus, they don't have to be all that many. <laughs> <laughs> Which is code for we drone on for we an hour went, yeah, on and on. on. And, <laughs> and that, so talk, many things <laughs> weighing on our minds. <laughs> we talked so long and there was still so much more. Yeah. We've, so, uh, we've decided that we have to do a cooking show now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, there are links to our Patreon. On, yes. on our website mm-hmm. and uh don't forget you know we're we're not doing this for profit we are trying to cover the expenses for editing so that we can keep bringing you content every week mm-hmm. um so uh we are, we have not yet reached our goal but i'm hoping <laughs> we're getting that there. we can get there yeah. and and i will say you can support at any level and you get all of the benefits it's yeah. more of an opt-in like at whatever degree you feel comfortable what with. you can afford yeah mm-hmm. we know how things we know how things are right now in the world yes yes we do and the last, last little bit of housekeeping, we mentioned it earlier and we've talked about it a lot, but it's worth repeating. Bigger Vegas live episode Woo! recording July 1st at noon in the Florentine Ballroom A. It is going to be a riot. We have the gear locked down. We're all going to be there um, unless, <laughs> no, I'm not even going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to be there, We're all going to be there. One of us may or may not be a corpse, but look, it's <laughs> happening. Like, it's going to be the... Biggest, fattest, gayest <laughs> podcast that ever was recorded. <laughs> that much we can guarantee. Absolutely. That's right. So be there. If you're going to the event, we'd love to see you. Um, we're going to do some degree of Q&A, meet and greet, blah, 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 mm-hmm. and the episode. So speaking of live performances, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. That Third. brings us to our first segment. Yes. At the Public Theater New York, a co-production with the National Black Theater, there's Fat Ham, which Fat is Ham. a reinterpretation <laughs> of Hamlet. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. I wish I could fly out there and see this. This yeah. is fun actually. For there's me. a there's a video of it. I just I should mention. Oh, is there? Yeah, oh, is oh, there? I didn't, I didn't even. That. I saw the uh, stills from the production. Yeah, this one, the Pulitzer, before it even received its first uh, public theater performance. I think there was the film at one point. But it was the, it's that whole thing with the pandemic and and the co-production. So mm. anyway, that that's not important. The point is, it's Fat Ham, which is the story of Hamlet reinterpreted as Hamlet as a fat black queer kid in North Carolina at the barbecue reception for his uncle and mother's wedding. Yes. It was cool though, because the, the, because of the new lens of it being through a fat queer black American boy, he struggles with the issue of what, of basically it's his like the ghost of his father shows up and says, avenge me. Right. Like that's the whole thrust of it yeah but through the in through the lens of violence against black men in america and wanting to break the circle of violence and struggling with like a lot of those like the cycles of trauma around that and trying to find your own liberation versus what like there's just so well, many yeah as, as a flat as a fat black man do you want to perpetuate a vengeance killing right right and mm-hmm. and and even if it's even if it is no, I don't want to say justified, but even if it is um, justifiable, like it's it's that it's a much more I think relatable yeah. struggle as far as like modern times. It's and I, really I, interesting. I think also you know <laughs> I'm just going to take it for granted that people have heard of Hamlet and maybe even know it. Damn, <laughs> you know better. <laughs> um, but you know, there's a lot of hemming. It's it's Shakespeare's longest play, and a lot of it is because Hamlet is just hemming and hawing over whether he should do this because he's this this overeducated prince and doesn't know if he wants to stoop to murder. And it really has a lot of resonance because now in this interpretation, it's a a queer black man also wrestling with who he is. And is this someone I want to be? 
And uh, for those of you not familiar with it, the public theater is no joke. That is, oh no, yeah, that is a nursery for some of the biggest plays and musicals to co- go to Broadway afterwards. So, if you have the, t- and it's also where I got my start right after college. Oh, is it? Oh, wow. I worked in the play development department there for like three years. Yeah, uh, cool. the, the public theater is probably first noticeable notable for its co-production of A Chorus Line way back when. Oh, and bringing the noise, bringing the funk, yep. all Shakespeare in the Park. Shakespeare in the Park is you all know, the public theater. They are, and <laughs> their stuff is amazing. Mm-hmm. It really is. If you're in New York, you can see it through July 3rd. Just given all the buzz around it and everything, I think it's probably going to go to Broadway at some point. Oh, it has to. Yeah. Just, it, if, <laughs> if, usually if it gets enough audience, uh, it, it'll do fine. I, I also love that I think the unexpurgated Hamlet by Shakespeare is maybe three and a half to four hours. This is 93 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is, it's, it's one act. Expeditious. Yeah. yeah. There's also, uh, there's also a playlist that you yes, can check I, out. I like that. Which is, <laughs> it is uh, inspired by the show, a playlist that was sort of curated of music that you can sort of, you know, if you want to immerse yourself and you haven't seen the show yet or haven't been able to check out the playlist, listen mm-hmm. to some good music. Have some barbecue. And Have some barbecue. Playlist. That's right. Yeah. Um, yes, eating <laughs> eating barbecue is the uh, is the is the takeaway here. <laughs> no, the real, um, the real controversy of the play is it's Carolina barbecue, so it's not the sweet St. Louis. I barbecue. prefer Carolina. I'm mm-hmm. saying, but mustard and vinegar as opposed to brown sugar and. Tomato sauce. <laughs> why, why do you have to prefer one over the other? They're both good. They're both lovely. I, because I have a taste and I have a preference. I'm not <laughs> saying Texas style is bad. Yeah. Um, well, St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of barbecue in the country. Th- there is a lot of barbecue. Anyway, we digress. Yes. <laughs> but not really. <laughs> no, we're, we're. This is, this is back this into is your mini soda, isn't this it? This is, uh, yes. Yeah, so I've gathered you all here today <laughs> to talk about food. <laughs> No, so this next one. So I'm curious what you all think of this next <laughs> piece. <laughs> well, th- to to start you off, um, this article in in Grub Street. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> the first thing you see when you open it is a candy form vagina. Uh, that's the picture. Yeah. And then the te- the headline is demand for sexy cakes is surging. Um, they could have said a lot of things, but they said they, surging. They said surging. <laughs> I'm I'm impressed with their restraint. <laughs> Could have been saying swelling <laughs> and gorging, <laughs> on the rise. throbbing, throbbing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, well, yeah. So apparently, there's this uh, huge demand for yeah, huge. It's huge. I, I love. Huge. The, I love what she says in the article about like. Oh. Yeah, I think it's just everyone's been locked down for so long. They're super horny. No, yeah, super I, I, I have the quote. I have the quote. I have the quote. It's <laughs> people are horny. They're thinking about sex constantly. At the, at the same time, there's this radical shift away from starving yourself and from diets. Yeah. Um, and she says, finally, if you want a dick cake, you're going to get a dick cake. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> when I first opened the article, I was disappointed by the lack of photography. Like they, <laughs> they talk about a lot of these yeah. cakes and things. And then like, but you're scrolling down and scrolling down, scrolling down and you don't see it. And then finally you get to the section, which is like food porn, the new style. <laughs> like, yeah, like the photos are embedded in the text scrolls past mm-hmm. them. Like love that. And it's just photo after photo after photo of all of the sexiest, most alluring. Some of them are just simple. It's just a cookie that says, fuck me. I mean, yeah. that's, that's pretty to the point. Yeah. Like it's not, that you is, know. that is like the cookie you serve at a booty call. Yeah. <laughs> but like how, Trevor, would that Wait, work? Yes. You're supposed to serve <laughs> that would work. booty calls. I've I like it. I like the boob cupcakes. Yes. The boob cupcakes. The little nipples. Lots of great uh, dick cakes as well. 
of different colors and sizes, I yes. will say. Yeah. So one of the things <laughs> I thought of during this. One of the things. One of the, uh, one of the many of feelings. things. <laughs> a lot of feelings, a lot of moods. It seems like there's, a, I'm going to wait for Michael to finish drinking. There's an untapped <laughs> market for sexy chub cakes. <laughs> It just seems like the anatomy, <laughs> so, the so round, so fully packed. <laughs> yeah. Let's face it. If you like cake, you would rather have a chub cake than a skinny guy cake. Tears. I would. <laughs> you know, like three tiers, and it's like the the moves, and then the kind of the middle roll <laughs> and the belly. Uh, there's those, and I also was like, oh, there's those the Japanese cheesecakes that are jiggly. <laughs> So you could make that like, what? <laughs> it's a type, it's a really fluffy, jiggly yeah. cheesecake. And it's just, I think this is part of my antipathy towards Japanese baking, but yes. Maybe. Uh, but it jiggles, Dan. I was, yes. yeah. The well, jiggle is real. Yeah, you know, I can think of other things and that, yeah, that, that just, I'd rather have. That's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the, the text, because it's kind of like got a little squish, but bounce back to it's it. It's kind of spongy, right? Yeah. I was traumatized by a uh, adult cake, a, ho- a homemade adult cake when I was young. Ho- wait, sorry. In your religious household, homemade how the hell as did in like- no, I mean, I, there were things that happened outside of outside of my household. Oh my god, they let you out. Uh, <laughs> so someone made a vagina cake, right? Um, and it was kind of realistic. It was just sort of the pubenda coming up out of a bowl, and but two things: one, they'd filled it with raspberry jam, so when you cut into it, oh my goodness, oh, oh boy. But two. They, the pubic hair was the stuff of nightmares. It was this black, like fondant that they, they, it was like, they just used the tube to add it. So it looked like this oh, horde. Thick, like spaghetti. Yeah. Thick spaghetti. So it looked like a horde of worms coming out of the sides oh. of the vagina before you subdued it with a knife and it oh bled everywhere. So just, to be clear, after this point was when you realized you were gay. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely! Oh my goodness, misogynist <laughs> baking. <laughs> I mean, they thought it was clever using food to to forge the queer agenda. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, but enjoy your dick cakes. Yeah, enjoy I your was, vagina cakes. I was looking just you know for research purposes <laughs> to see like looking at erotic va- uh, bakeries in Vegas. Mm, oh, there are one of which is in this article. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I was, I was I was looking at others. I was trying to just see. <laughs> a lot of the websites are like not super up to date, or at least there oh. was one I was uh, looking at where it was. I'm That's sorry. True. Have dicks or boobs changed that much in the few years that we've been yeah. pandemic? Dan, I haven't looked. So Dan, let, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> I don't know. I am just i I want to see more body diversity uh, in erotic cakes. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Although to be fair. Most of the <laughs> most of the representations have no bodies attached. It's just the thing of the anatomy that you would ah, like. organ cake. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, well, no, I mean, but, it's, but it's, we have proven that roles are are their own sort of sexual experience. <laughs> oh, indeed, and like that alone could be like that's a cake. I think I, I agree. With. So, Trevor, our, our our cooking show can can. <laughs> start off with the the baking of our first erotic cake. There we yeah okay right. I'm down, <laughs> and, and you're more of a baker than I am, so I may have to <laughs> take your lead on that one. I'm down to clown in super chub cake down. <laughs> I like all of those words. <laughs> um, all right, hit it. Prepare for launch. Do you feel it? Are you ready? <laughs> 
I feel a like cool, a cool breeze <laughs> to calm you down. Being <laughs> <laughs> blown, uh, a cool stiff breeze. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Fat Watch 2022. Some might even say an erect breeze. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm at full mast. <laughs> Sorry, this is a callback to uh, our pre-episode discussion, yeah. which we don't need to get into. But it's funny for us. Yes. And that's what's really and important. And that's what's that's really, really matter. I was talking about cake. I didn't <laughs> It's okay, Dan. Uh, there is an article in Bon Appetit called There is No Such Thing as Quote-Unquote Junk Food. I have been waiting for this article for so long. <laughs> which I love to see, especially from By Bon Appetit. And Helen Peterson. Just yes. Yes. Um, bon Appetit has been doing like a lot of actually like really good stuff. I think maybe trying to make amends for uh, all the, <laughs> the uh, food kitchen team video. For being the Abercrombie and Fitch of cooking. Yeah. <laughs> but it is just a really great kind of takedown and analysis of this like, like junk food culture in America. And um, she starts off the article talking about by like, doing this uh, assignment in grade school where yeah. it's like your mark there's like pictures of food and it's like this is healthy this is like sometimes uh, sometimes food i'm like this is junk food and yeah it's bad categorizing and i remember that i do Funnily, too like i yeah and it's just so interesting to uh, i don't know like think about how early this conversation happens and how much it really just kind of like is indoctrinated indoctrinated into kids and just really like fucking them up. <laughs> I, so I think the really, there, there's a lot of really salient points in here, but the one that's, that struck a chord with me, just the way that she was talking about it was <laughs> describing. So like I did a similar article mm. or not article. I did a similar exercise when I was a kid in school. Um, and she talks about how the kinds of people who can af basically afford to categorize food and moralize it are the people who can afford yes. literally afford to buy whatever food they would prefer to buy. It's mm -hmm. never people living in a food desert. That exactly. Yeah. Which are, which are a real thing. And she talks about that in the article. And so, you know, you essentially get a classism through, you know, dividing up food by what's good and what's not. And I thought the clearest way of describing that was so, is such a good point was that she was talking to a kid who did a similar, almost the exact same exercise today, mm -hmm. like modern times, who had put kale into the healthy side of food and uh, collard greens into the unhealthy mm -hmm. side. Oh. Isn't, yeah. And this is fascinating. I love this because yeah, that's interesting. they yeah, are true. basically yeah. the same vegetable, right? They're almost identical, but the, the stigma around preparation and what their roots are, are very, very different. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and the follow-up to that is because the people who are pushing this distinction will say, well, yeah, because collard greens is made is, is made unhealthily with ham hocks and, and bacon like, and bacon and, and all mm -hmm. this. Whereas kale is what drowned in olive oil and butter and, well, <laughs> and more to the point, but you know, the, the whole, and the whole racism of Mediterranean yeah, diet. That's, that's what got it was yeah. for me was like collard greens are very traditionally associated in America with black Southern cooking mm -hmm. and kale by contrast is very much associated with the sort of white skinny health. Yeah, Lululemon. Right. Yeah. Like, and the people who can basically, I don't know, like it's that racism also of like, well, the kale, the way the black people make it is, sorry, the collard greens, the way the black people make it is unhealthy because it tastes a certain way and it's made with a certain set of ingredients. Mm -hmm. But it's it's contrived. It's completely, yeah. it's made up. It's bullshit. It's, yeah. So it was just fascinating to see that comparison and how a kid could pick up on that when they are 
ostensibly both just vegetables. And there's so much stuff driving this. There is, there is a, you know, it's funny. Is it a racist component? Is it a commercialism capitalist component? Well, yes, they're intertwined because the idea is that we moralize food, but in order to, the reason we moralize food is because companies have, have figured out that you can charge more if you make people feel guilty about certain choices, mm -hmm. if you make people feel bad about certain choices. And that's why apparently you can have, what was, there was a dessert comparison they made. Uh, Snack like snack oh, wells is yeah. healthy oh, yeah. food. Oh, right, right, right. Because right, right. it comes in a box and you pay and you pay six dollars for it. Well, but, another one was like a Snickers versus Cliff Bar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like in one of those is is, you know, sort of a protein, you know, like health snack, and the other one is barely, just candy. Barely, yeah. Right, but they're both <laughs> basically candy. Yeah, both mm -hmm. candy. <laughs> yeah, but but one is white people Lululemon candy and the other is just ordinary people candy. Yeah. Sure. Um, I so my favorite quote, they have a fantastic set of quotes in here all of them just really impactful. i think i know which one you're gonna say i think you do too because this is this, this to me just summarizes the whole thing and it's also a lot of what trevor and i talked about by the way if you want a little mm. teaser our mini said was not just about food and recipes it was a lot about relationships to food and this quote from her article is some people regardless of age need more salt in their diet not less some people need more fat or caffeine or dairy or none at all and others just need more things in their lives that are delicious that remind them of the true bounty and delights of being human. And I mean, that to me, that encapsulates mm. all of it. It's just, yeah. you. Th there's no blanket version of food for all people at all times. Like it, it varies by person. You don't want somebody who has a certain set of needs who may not realize it to feel guilty about pursuing those needs when everyone else around them is saying, oh, that's unhealthy. You're going to die. Like blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Like just, and, and for me, f eating food is such a degree of enjoyment the fact that COVID can take your sense of taste, that was that was the, I mean, selfishly speaking, that was the most horrifying part of it. Mm. My stepmother had a, a medical condition based because of some new medication that they gave her. Um, and it took them three weeks to fix the issue, which was that it killed all of her taste buds. Oh, God. Right? She had no sense of smell, no, no flavor. And for three months, she lost so much weight oh, yeah. and wanted to die. At the Oof. end of it, when they finally figured out what was going on. Well, because you start to realize how much of your life is about food or food adjacent, any social event, having a mm -hmm. drink. Yep. And and if, if everything just become, if everything you do just becomes bland or tasteless, I mean, it's happened to me when I've had a cold. It's like, oh, I could put mustard on this. I could put mayonnaise on this, but actually why bother? I won't taste it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a few points just since the start of the pandemic where I've taken a bite of something and it's bland and I'm like, is it? <laughs> is it? Yeah. Do I have COVID now? And the panic yeah. begins. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, it's just because you and, forgot the mustard aioli. No, but then I eat something else and it is like going from that mindset where it's like, oh my God, I, like there's no taste. I'm not going to be able to taste anything to like, this is the most flavorful <laughs> thing I have eaten. In yeah. I want to know what the thing was so hyper bland. You felt like it sucked all the taste. I mean, it's been a couple mouth. things <laughs> at various points and then. I have something that's like, oh my God, this is, it's like the, the scene in Ratatouille where I'm like, yes, <laughs> the food critic yeah. flashback. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a fantastic scene, which is in the Disney show that I'm currently working on. I'm actually, since you mentioned your, your mini set, I do want to put a plug in here. I'm doing a couple of seminars. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is. I'm doing a couple of seminars at Bigger Vegas. And one of them is about how to 
Uh, it's about, I mean, I, I talk about what I usually talk about, which is relationships, interpersonal relationships, and maybe how you represent yourself online in personal ads, since there's more and more of that. And my other seminar is about people's relationship to food. Uh, I get all, asked all the time about what should I be eating? What should I be eating? I'm like, let's put that aside for a moment and look about how you're relating to food in the first place. Sure. And when you say you want to be healthy, actually, what do you mean? Which I love how this talks about in the article. It's like this idea of healthy has become a moral crusade rather than anything that has to do with quote-unquote health. Right. Do you have time slots for those? Do you know the- I do. I don't know them off the top of my head. I think they're they're well, around well, our podcast. One's Thursday around noon, and one's Saturday around noon. And our our podcast is, I think, Friday. Friday around, around noon, yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, we'll I'll be the, very findable. I'm sure we'll put a shout out on yeah, we'll, social media. And it's, it's certainly on the Bigger City website. If you go to uh, events, if you go to the seminars page, uh, it'll show up there. So uh, Dan's seminar, Successful Sex, Dating, and Relationships, is in Florentine Ballroom A, Saturday, July 2nd, from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. And Do You Swallow, <laughs> Our Love oh and Loathing my. of Food, is in Flor uh, Florentine Ballroom A, Thursday, June 30th, from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Yeah, there you yeah. go. If, if Wait, there's no description, also in Florentine. if there's yeah. no description on the door, I imagine there's going to be a lot of very disappointed people walking in there. Oh, you don't know my seminar. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, you don't know the content of his seminar. <laughs> so one of the things that's in the Bon Appetit article is that idea of how you identify, you know, whether it's social class or race, given your food, because you know, food just invades every part of our identity, or is part of every. Our, our identities. Mm -hmm. And so we thought we would do a deep dive in how we do or don't sort of fit in. We have so many stories in the Chub Chaser community of, you know, you, you figure out you're gay and you figure out that there's a, there's a big gay world out there. Mm -hmm. And then the big gay world says, Oh, you, you're fat. Get out of here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or you're a chaser and you look like you belong but you so don't belong mm -hmm. or you do belong, but then you have the secret that you, you know, you sort of leave the right. AA world to, you know, yeah. to, to slum it with the chubs. You can't like Batman. <laughs> like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, was that what he was doing with the penguin? <laughs> Jesus. No, don't conjure that fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> you wish it into reality. So it, I, I feel like as chubby guys and as chasers, we have a, very strong connection to the concept of belonging and not belonging at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, that exercise of finding, you know, who, who are your people? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who are your people? Who, who loves you? What was the first time that people had a group that you felt you belonged in wholly, not just partially, but where you could actually just fully relax. You didn't have to mask at all. Well, I, and I think we need to start this by saying that, Absolutely everyone, I don't care what you look like, I don't care where you are, absolutely everyone has this thing of, I don't belong. At some oh, point, yeah. in, to, at some point, at some degree. Maybe it's shouting in your ears constantly, or maybe it's that little background voice when you show up at a party, but everybody has this. But to answer your question, I think my first like, oh my God, I have arrived, was my very first Chub Chaser event. Hmm. I'm like, oh my, oh. This, this is for me. It was the first time there had been something for me. Mm -hmm. And there are other people here like me and who are interested in the things that me was interested in. <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you go to these events, do you, do you feel like you're recapturing that first time or is it, ha has that changed for you over the years? I think it's probably deepened because nice. Well, because when you first, when you go to first anything, right? Yeah. 
Uh, if you can remember sometime, and maybe maybe for other people, it was like their first Comic-Con or their first something con or mm-hmm. or some some sort of event or, or the first, or you had a job and you're like, oh, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so there's that that spark. But then as you, as it deepens, you get the, the complexity of this event, meaning the people at this event. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, not everybody is like me. And oh, there is this difference. And oh, there is this spectrum. But that doesn't mean I don't belong. That just means that the belonging is bigger than I thought it was. Right. Hmm. Right. It's more enveloping. It's wider. Right. Mm-hmm. When was that? When did you, was it in the 90s? Oh, it was 1998, I think. How about you, Michael? I'm curious if... Uh... I, I mean, I definitely have spent most of my life trying to fit in and feeling like I didn't. And I, I don't know what degree of that is like the normal, quote unquote, normal amount versus... I don't know. There's so many things stacked against me. I didn't really experience pop culture as a kid because we didn't watch TV and we only watched usually older movies. And you were homeschooled for a time, right? Only a couple years, but the, it was middle school. So like very formative yeah, years. That's, mm-hmm. that's um, I mean, public, but even before that in public school, I never really, like I was friends with the kids who were friends with each other because when you're that young, you're all, you kind of all know each other, mm-hmm. but that didn't lie. Like as soon as I was homeschooled for fifth, sixth and part of seventh grade, like that just disintegrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I never, I think part of it was not necessarily knowing what my interests were mm-hmm. and like having, but I think that comes under that fundamental, like developmental thing we've talked about with chasers where you don't, you're like five to 10 years behind. And we've, we've mm-hmm. referred to that as far as sexual development. I feel like it was all encompassing. Well, I mean, it goes hand in hand. Your sexuality is not, you know, people, people talk about such and such it being just a preference or just a kink or just a whatever. It's like, what do you mean just, mm-hmm. well, you know, and, it's, and also it's your it's, whole, it's your, it's your whole yeah. being and it's not your whole being. Mm-hmm. Well, right. yeah. I mean, your personality is integrated. Like if there's one portion of it that isn't allowed to move forward, I feel like it holds everything else back a little bit too. Well, Cause it's right. so attached. Yeah. Right. You're yeah, trying exactly. to figure out how to take care of your most basic self. I'm first. curious if your experiences with soccer did give you that sort of feeling of uh, belonging because you, you, the way you talk about it has a much more sort of warm, a warm sentimental feel to it when you talk about those days. Yes, it was. So soccer was something I was very good at. And so it was a way to prove to people that I was worth paying attention to. Oh, but you didn't mm-hmm. have sort of a natural joy in it. Oh no, I did. You I did. loved it. Okay. That's partially why I was good at it, but it it was, you know, when I when I join a team, like for instance, at the private school that I ended up in in high school, you know, you join the team and everyone has no idea if you're any good. And they kind of assume that you're not because nobody knows who you are and nobody cares. And then you do something impressive and they're like, oh, you have merit now. <laughs> um, and so you kind of get a claim, but you don't get friends. So it was kind of it was a way to like prove that I was worth noting, but I don't think it was ever really belonging in a group. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I very much loved it. I very What about much the soccer it. team? Was there no, or was it just- There was like, there was like, um, you know, the, the non-school related club teams. And that's where I played, like, I played with a lot of the same people over the years. And like, that was much more, but even then, like, I don't know. I think I just had a mentality of being an outsider. And mm-hmm. so it was very hard to, and I just didn't have some, I didn't have enough common experiences with, with kids my age, we didn't watch the same movies. We didn't have the same interests. We didn't like the same people. 
Um, so it was really hard to relate on anything other than the exact thing you were doing. And so if you're not in the middle of a soccer game, what else are you going to talk about? Well, I think that's worth discussing, especially as we now go, you know, getting closer and closer to bigger Vegas, mm -hmm. because a lot of people have as part of their identity, not belonging. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so if they belong, they've got to fix that. <laughs> and it's true. It, right. Cause I, I'm, I'm the, not, that's not me, mm -hmm. you know, me is being isolated and not belonging. And it's, it's not that that's wrong, but I think it's very powerful to recognize that. So you can see what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Like you're not trying, you don't need to stop it. You don't need to fix it, but I think you need to recognize it. So you can go, Oh, what's really, what, what am I really feeling here? How is this affecting me? Well, I mean, it's, it's funny you say that. Cause I was in thinking about like, finding belonging in that first experience of it. I think my first experience of it was when I was in high school and I, you know, met other gay people mm. and I was in the GSA and I feel like. What's the GSA? Uh, GSA was a gay straight alliance, which was like the, the gay club. Mm -hmm. And just thinking about how we were all so different, but really like we all kind of bonded over like, oh, we don't fit in. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was, that was both my high school experience and my college experience because <laughs> I was the biggest misfit I knew uh, as, <laughs> because you're always the center of your own universe. Mm -hmm. And the, I think what was great is, you know, uh, my, my dormitory was an arts dorm in college to the point where it almost eclipsed the entire college. Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was that big. Damn. We had it, and we lived in a castle. A castle? A literal castle. Like there were four turrets. That's oh my awesome. God. It was that an amazing like experience. It, it was kind of like Hogwarts. So like the fact that there was a university outside, it was like, oh yeah, that's nice too. I should probably go to one of those classes they have. Damn. That, that I'm enrolled in. so much fun. <laughs> oh, it was incredible. It was incredible. But we referred to ourselves as the Island of Misfit Toys because <laughs> you could only really end up there if you didn't fit in anywhere else. Like oh. this was the place, mm. this was the place where you, you could you know, beat your own drum mm. and, <laughs> and not mind the cacophony of everyone else beating their own drum. <laughs> is that why you have issues with sound now? I, <laughs> loudness is too loud. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it took me a good 10, like for, I, I can kind of track my waywardness back to around, I don't know, 14 years old. And I, it, I think it took me a good 10 years to start actively chasing down interests that were like filmmaking eh, I moved out here when I was 21 sure but that wasn't that wasn't because I was looking for friends that was because I loved making movies and friends kind of you can't make a movie by yourself usually yeah same with, um, with me in theater yeah yeah um but it wasn't until like I don't know like discovering like D&D &D and playing that with with Trevor and Don mm -hmm. and and you know, have discovering how to make friends. Like for instance, I used to look for friends on bigger, uh, bigger city. And I found that to be a very mixed bag. Like <laughs> you can't really. Well, and people say the same thing about gay culture in general. Yeah. Because if what you have in common is a sexuality or something sexual. Yeah. And you're looking for something non-sexual in this group that you share something sexual. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, you're going to have some friction there sometimes. And there's 
there's always that, like, even if you're upfront about like, hey, I'm just looking for friends, there's always that lingering, like, th- was there a reason why I was only picking chubs to be friends with? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, why is it that no chasers know each other? Well, like, I think subliminally yeah. a lot of people do tend to want to be friends with people they find attractive, even if they don't find them sexually attractive. You know, it's- Well, I mean, the, the stereotype- There's been a pattern of like, like like attracts light on friendships and attractiveness level, psychologically speaking. Well, I mean, but if you, you know? spend time in a gay culture, if you're part of West Hollywood or Chelsea or Boys Town, it's like everybody, all your friends are people you've slept with or the friends of people you slept with. <laughs> it's like that's, and, and that's just normal. Like if you have a party with all your yeah. friends over, you've slept with most of them. Yeah, but this, this was <laughs> kind of, this felt like sifting through bunches of people and select it. Like, it wasn't like you're meeting somebody through a friend, through a friend. Like I've done that since then. Mm-hmm. Like these were mm-hmm. early years for me. I don't do this anymore really. Um, but it was sort of like selecting. And then, I don't know, it, it just, not that it was ever a bad thing. It was just kind of a backwards way to do it. Cause now I'm finding that friends that I make that, that I, I don't know that I, I feel like I have sort of normal encounters with people like, okay, I played soccer with these people on a team, but I know they play D and D. Yeah. And so that's awesome. And now I can go hang out with them at their place and we can sit and talk for a few hours and we're friends. And it's just, it's just, just a way to meet people where I feel yeah. like I fit in there and I can talk about my boyfriend and it's not weird and it's all kind of integrated mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. nice. And I, but isn't that a really a function of how you select friends and you're deciding to be out? Yeah, yeah well, no, totally. I mean, and again, like I talk about the podcast sort of being out as a chaser and yeah. not just gay huge difference because I don't know. I feel like I have a foundation where if those people had been like, Oh, I don't like this. I could walk away from it and be like, well, that was unpleasant, but it doesn't shake my world. Like I don't, it doesn't really matter that much in the grand scheme because I have a foundation that I've built for myself. I'm sorry. What is that foundation? Being a fully realized person and embracing the fact that I'm a chaser, embracing the fact that I'm gay Mm -hmm. and putting all of those pieces of my life together in a way that fits really, really well that creates this foundation that's solid. Yeah, so when you meet someone who's like, ew, it's like, yeah, oh, like oh, when well, you get slimed. You. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. if you have the bucket of slime that falls <laughs> on your head. Yeah, too bad for you. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, and it, it helps a lot, but that, it took me until my late, mid to late 20s to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that's why community is so important. That's mm-hmm. why finding people like you or who get you is so important. I think the, the other piece of caution I throw out here is, while, while social circles are wonderful and you should engage with them, I find that for my own personal growth, it was my comfort with the social groups that I became a part of. I think that stopped me from reaching out for new people, right? Oh, okay. And you get, reaching you get, out like for you get new stuck people. Yeah, well, reaching out for new people for me is one of the things that triggered growth. Mm. But I think it's because of the way I built my community was I would find the one commonality, right? Like Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. right? And then I would form a, form a bond with that group. And then I would find the gay people, right? Mm-hmm. And I would form a bond with that group. And each of them sort of fulfilled something that I needed for my social interactions uh, that made me feel like I didn't need to mix my worlds, right? Because I was getting my fix from both of them. Were you ever, and were you ever anxious when about? When I did. I was going to say, were you ever anxious about mixing them? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And when I did start to mix my worlds, not only did those social circles grow and flourish and become stronger. Um, but it actually led me into like new social areas that either one of those groups alone wouldn't have. Right. Mm-hmm. So 
that continuous evolution of social circles has been one of those things that provided my own growth. Mm-hmm. You know, even nice. like I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, like this is the first social circle, the, the people sitting in front of me right now where I don't my discomfort with my physicality no longer is present. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Even with my straight friends and straight women, there's, I still have sort of this underlying belief that there's a judgment which can put up walls, right? Not their judgment, but your fear of their my judgment. My fear of judgment. Yeah. It's yeah. me. It's not them. It's me. Yeah. Um, so this has provided a new type of growth for me too, right? So mm-hmm. that's all I'm saying is like, just because you found the right social circle, don't feel it's the end point. Like there, there are ways to grow beyond that. Keep reaching, keep growing. No. Well, I think too, once something that people tend to do is like, let's say you, you realize that all your friends are from this one environment. All your friends are from work. All your friends are from D and D. All yeah. your friends are from whatever. And you're like, okay, I should, those awful words. Mm. I should mm. branch out. And, uh, I don't know. I should, I should take up soccer. <laughs> I should. What a dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> I should, I don't know, go on a picnic with more straight people, whatever it is. And you're like, you know, you don't want to do it. You think, ah, I don't want to do it. That's why I should do it. And it becomes this massive should. And of course it goes something between bleh and (laughs) (laughs) something between "Eh, I could, I could, you know, I I made it or I'm never doing that again. And it becomes sort of then reinforcing that like, no, I should just stick to what I know. But I love the story you told Don because it, it doesn't have to be like that. When you should yourself, you what that usually means is you have this outside idea of who you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. who is, of course, who you're not. <laughs> and But what I love about your story is you're talking about all you did was mix two things that you already like. Yep. And, you know, it's kind of the chocolate peanut butter analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I Which, like chocolate, I like peanut the butter. The last time we used that analogy, <laughs> it was about fold fucking. So <laughs> oh, full circle, And everybody. then we're back. And full we're back. circle. It's, but what I'm, what I'm getting at, though, because I'm, I'm writing this article about... Um, about how to be at these events to, to have more fun and more freedom. And then like, instead of like forcing yourself to, I, I'm going to put myself in that social situation, even though I'm an introvert and that sounds like hell to me, but I'm going to do it for my own good. And you know how that works. Yeah, <laughs> You know how that mm. works. And your father made you do it when you were seven. <laughs> it doesn't work. But if you can find something that you already enjoy, like I'm thinking, you know, let's say you already enjoy, I don't know, poker, or you already enjoy bingo, or you already enjoy dancing. Just keep doing that, but look up and mm-hmm. you'll find other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's funny you talk about that you should, because I find myself doing the opposite. You shouldn't? Where like, I like I shouldn't, or like, I'm not I'm this not that person. kind of guy. Like, yeah. I'm, mm. and I was talking with this recently about, um, I was talking to Tigris about this recently, mm. and just kind of about how I kind of did that with NAFA and fat activism. Mm. And part, I mean, part of that was because I didn't see my, uh, there are not a lot of fat gay men involved in fat activism. So I'm like, okay, well, there's not this, so I shouldn't do that. Hmm. Hmm. And then uh, realizing like, well, no, but that's why I should do it because I don't see myself. And that means other people don't see themselves. But what I think, if I may, what I think propelled you into the group was you do have a belief and a, a, a stake in social justice. And I think that's what, I think that's the... Yes, but I was saying like, oh, but that's not me. I'm not the person to do it. Like, I mm-hmm. shouldn't be the one doing it. Yeah. And how just I, like with all, like so many different things, I I fall into that. And, and then when I 
find myself telling myself that. And I'm like, okay, but because I'm so insistent and I'm about like, well, I shouldn't be doing this. Someone should be doing this, but it's not me. <laughs> it usually means like, okay, I should be doing this. Yeah. And like, I'm like, I may be hosting the drag queen story hour thing. <gasps> really? Because Tigress was like, you know, I, I, she wants more people other than her hosting things. <laughs> that seems um, reasonable. And the, when she mentioned that I was immediately like, I'm not going to be the one. Like, I shouldn't be the one doing anything. And then I was like, okay, maybe I should. Well, I mean, and we were, we were talking about that. And I was just talked about all of this and this, this pattern of shouldn'ting and recognizing it and be like, that's actually, it's, I'm, I don't want to do this because it's probably an opportunity for growth. You're, you're the hero in the hero's journey in the beginning of the movie, refusing the call to action. Yeah, but it's just And that. then the wizard has to die for you to actually go out and yeah. do it. But I mean, I think there is something before you were, oh, I'm not that guy, but there's something that did appeal to you about it. It's just the idea that like, well, it appeals to me, but I'm not the guy because that's not who wrote the story. Yeah. And I don't know, just because I think there is a lot of, I think, especially when, you know, if you're fat and gay and then whatever other identities you may have, because there is just, you don't see yourself. I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. When you don't see yourself in the world, in the world, in media, in whatever, it's hard to create possibility for yourself because it just is seems like such a new thing. Well, there's no model for it. Yeah. There's no like, I remember when I was a kid, the idea of walking into a bank to open a checking account oh, yeah. seemed uh, <laughs> impossible. It just seemed impossible. I didn't, I couldn't comprehend how to do that because I had never done it before. Mm -hmm. Now imagine yeah. that not only have you never done it before, but it has never, you have never seen it done. Mm -hmm. It is, it has seem seemingly has never existed in all of time. Have, sorry, I feel like I've maybe said this on the podcast about how I used to go into the bank to like, I once asked at the bank to make a photocopy of something for school. And then I just would continually go into the bank and photocopy stuff. Because <laughs> that's what and a bank is for, right? That's awesome. But like, this was like months before they finally were like, okay, who is this kid? <laughs> and like, wait, did you just walk in? I would walk in and go like behind, like into the offices. I would photocopy Calvin and Hobbes comments. <laughs> that's hilarious. I, I want to get back to something yes. you said though, because. It's a really important Dan, always getting back on topic. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but we'll go back to Calvin and Hobbes in a minute, I promise. <laughs> There's an interesting distinction there between I'm not the kind of person who mm -hmm. versus I actually don't like doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're talking, like what I was talking about where, you know, I, I don't want to put myself in the middle of the hospitality suite because I'm not that kind of a social person mm -hmm. because I, I just don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy that social pressure and mm -hmm. people looking at me and having to make small talk. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. that's a memory of something you've done and you don't like, mm -hmm. but that's different than the story, the identity of I'm not a social person. Sure you are, but you're doing it a different way or you're doing it your way. Mm -hmm. And I think what, I think your story, Trevor illustrates that there's a difference between I'm not the guy who is the funny guy on the podcast, which now you are. <laughs> I'm not the guy who is on the board of NAFA, which now mm -hmm. you are. That's a story and that's an identity. But there's still stuff that you just don't, there's stuff you don't enjoy doing and stuff you do enjoy doing, but that doesn't have to turn into an identity. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I think maybe the, I don't know. There's one thing I wanted to say. We're kind of going long here, but um, I, so it kind of in relation to going to Vegas, I haven't, and we talked about soccer. I haven't been able to play soccer for the last like two months because I have been injured and I am discovering that this injury, even though the last time I had this, it only took about a month to heal. It could take a lot longer, which means I can't play soccer for the foreseeable future, which is very oh, no. depressing. Yeah. Um, and a, a, much more to the point, I can't get any aerobic exercise without having access to a gym, uh, which I don't currently go to gyms. Um, and so going to Vegas, I'm very aware that I'm not in the kind of physical shape that I would prefer to be when I'm around a bunch of other, mm-hmm. you know, gay guys in my community. And there is a, there is a very sort of tense reckoning that's, that's happening right now where I have to, I say, I have to, I don't have to do anything. I want to be able to go to Vegas and go to the pool without a shirt on and not feel Mm self-conscious and fit in. Right. And feel like I belong there. And I love that it's a chaser saying this, by the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look, it's, I I get that it is a much harder issue to cope with when you're, when you're a chub, but it exists for, for a lot of people. And yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous. I I haven't, I, I haven't figured it out yet. I'm going to an event where being, Fat is seen as a positive, right? There will be positivity layered upon me. And I got my bathing suit in the mail. I tried it on. I'm standing in front of the mirror. And it's it's a much more form-fitting bathing suit than I normally own. And I'm <laughs> sitting there staring in the mirror going, I have made a terrible mistake. Oh, you know? A mistake that will get you laid. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's, I don't know, hearing both of these anecdotes from Michael and Don, I think is helpful because I think it's the... People need to be able to be in the mindset of junior high. The boys are on one side of the gym, the girls on the other. <laughs> and like the chasers are going through their own yeah. shit and the chubs are going through their own shit. <laughs> and no, not quite like that. No. No West Side Story? <laughs> not West Side Story. But just like, I think for everyone at the event to be able to realize like they have, like everyone's got some degree of insecurity. Mm-hmm. I think, I think even like the... Capital the capital chasers. I think people who've been to the events know, you know, the the chasers I'm talking about who it's like, they feel like, oh my God, they're so confident and like, you know, whatever. (laughs) They are going through their own shit too. Everyone's going through their own shit. And Mm -hmm. I think just being able to bond over that and also just give everyone some grace Mm. is a, a good way to approach going to any of the the events coming because there's a whole lot. Grace going. is a euphemism for blowjobs, right? Did, <laughs> my, did I read that wrong? Uh, or? Oh boy. Well, okay. Let <laughs> me just walk it back. <laughs> Do we have a tip? Uh, have a great have summer. A f- yeah. Have a fun June. Um, yeah. if you want to hear some mini sods, subscribe to our, our Patreon. Oh, we should put a plug in there for what Don and I talked about. Don and I did a mini. Oh yeah. 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 Don it and, is. Yeah. I think it is impactful. I know. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, too. before we promise that we need to make sure it actually oh, it's got recorded. recorded. It's recorded. Don't worry. There's some it. debate as to whether or not the record button was pressed. It's another one of those episodes where like, I, I am trying to be as direct and blunt as possible about the feelings I am going through. And I am terrified that I'm coming across as a neurotic mess. No, no. Were you drinking? I, oh, just just enough. 
Oh my God! There, yes, yes. There was there was a lot of Dan is devious that way. <laughs> oh, that brandy was the so fact good, that though. I don't remember the conversation very well is probably a good. Sign. Well, that's why we recorded it, Don. That's what yeah, the minisodes are now. Anyway, what is our our bit for today? Well, our, our last we were, bit before hiatus. Since we were talking about belonging. Okay, so here we go. This is the long walk it takes to get to my reasoning on how okay. I came to this decision. There are so many groups that uh, you know that we might belong to, like NAFTA. There are there acronyms behind the groups that we're trying to belong to. So I dove into the world of acronyms, and I found some very strange ones. Right? Okay. So if you don't know what an acronym is, an acronym is basically when you take uh, letters from the full name of something and squeeze them together to make something new. Um, so, for example, the... Uh, there's a test that tests to see if you're a robot when you're trying to log into uh, various websites. Like, they kept, yeah, like CAPTCHA. 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 CAPTCHA is, in fact, an acronym. Uh, the acronym is Completely Automated Public Turing Test to Tell Computers and Humans Apart. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. No wonder it's <laughs> called CAPTCHA, which is already a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so there are plenty of words. And an acronym is an abbreviation that you pronounce as a word. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we go. I'm going to uh, list off some acronyms and uh, or some words. Try and pick the acronym out. So a word meaning a mistake. Choice one, whoopsie. Choice two, snafu. Choice three, catch 22. Or choice four, snarl. Bzz. Dan. Uh, snafu. Yeah, snafu. Yeah, I was going to say snafu. Say. You are correct. Uh, SNAFU stands for Situation Normal All Fucked Up. And, and <laughs> it's a military term. It's a military term. It yeah, is a military, military term. Military. I love that. Like, uh, yeah. Okay. So there are lots of hobbies, um, and some of those hobbies are, in fact, acronyms. So, FUBAR. That's what I was looking for. That's another <laughs> military term. Anyway, keep going. Uh, so which of these hobbies is actually an acronym? One, base jumping. Two, hmm. zip lining. Three, wakeboarding. Or four, boogie boarding. Base jumping. A, base jumping. Okay. It would have to be, yeah, because there's no base. Yeah. Unless you're jumping to base. I don't know. All right. Or baseline. I'm going to, yeah, I guess, because I want to say wakeboarding, but that, I know that's not it. Like, I know I that's like you could, you're boarding. But on wakeboarding, the, you're in the wake. Water the, activity <laughs> of <killing>. kinesis <laughs> and energy. Everything. Uh, I think you're looking for kinetic energy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the correct answer is, in fact, base jumping. Yeah. What is that? Um, well, you, you, although you are jumping from a base. You are. Right? The, the base stands for the four different types of bases you can jump from. Uh, but. Right? Uh, but. Building, ass. <laughs> building, antenna, span, or earth. Oh, my. So, like, yeah. mountains, bridge, you know, oh, all of I these see, things. Oh, I see, I um, see. I just is... thought that was really interesting. Antenna? My God. As, as distinct from building. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, well, I can see that because you got to climb the antenna. Oh, God. Okay. No thanks. On this one, if you know what the acronym stands for, extra points. All right. Okay. Um, some cars actually have acronyms for names, more than a few, uh, or car companies. Which of these is an acronym? One, Cadillac. Two, Humvee. Three, Volkswagen Rabbit. Or four, Chevrolet. Bzzz. Humvee? Humvee. Two also, for Humvee. I'm just trying to figure out the acronym. I don't yeah. know if oh, Trevor... Okay. Uh, you are correct. It is Humvee, which stands for High Mobility Multipurpose Wheeled Vehicle. Huh. 
Wheeled vehicle. Wheeled vehicle. Is there a W in Humvee? Treads. Is there a W in Humvee? <laughs> well, Humvee is short for H-M-M-W-V. Oh. Oh. It's, what? It's literally people trying to pronounce Humvee. H-M-M-W-V. Uh, that makes it. sense. Yeah. Because, you know, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put, couldn't put the, the word Humvee, Humvee together oh, again. Well, on that note. You're welcome. Last but not least, <laughs> even some countries have acronyms for names. The USA, for example, USSR. Which of these names is actually an acronym? One, Brazil. Two, Pakistan. Three, Canada for the Ukraine. I'm going to go with Pakistan just because I think Pakistan, I guess I don't have a better guess. Canada. Today, but I can't Canada. figure out. <laughs> Blame Canada. <laughs> well, in fact, the, the correct answer is Pakistan. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Although officially, I don't know why. Although <laughs> officially it's supposed to be uh, derived from the Urdu and Persian word pak, meaning pure. Um, it was basically approved uh, because it's also an acronym acronym of the five northern regions of British India, Punjab, oh. Afghania, Kashmir, oh. Sindh, and giving it the final few letters from the from the district Don, of yeah. Baluchistan. Yeah. Huh. Wait, Baluchistan? No, 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 just stand, yeah. just stand, stand. Okay. Baluchistan. <laughs> Yeah, like just place. It's <laughs> Belushi stand. I'm like, wait, it's <laughs> no, but it's Jim, Jim or Belushi. John. <laughs> Belushi like, stand. Where, Belushi. where Beluga caviar comes from? Oh boy. <laughs> well, well, the answers to these and many more questions on which social media outlets, Trevor? Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter. Is at Big Fat Gay Pod. Subscribe to our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Big Fat Gay Pod. Facebook, Big Fat Gay Pod. <laughs> Five stars everywhere. Leave us a review. On Apple, we haven't gotten a review in a while, people. Yeah. Step up. <laughs> we are needy. <laughs> we need to know. We want your approval. My ego needs the, some stroking. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Maybe you're in a, an erotic bakery. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need some... Oh, what a place to be. Yeah. And you're flipping through the, um, the the little booklet they have with all the pictures of cake. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, a picture of um, a, a Michael cake. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> but which Michael? Yes. <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> and then uh, someone comes out from the back. And it's it's Michael. And he's got a... A big, uh, big super chub Japanese jiggly Ooh. cheesecake. Ooh. It's got it's, and he's shaking it at you. So, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I just don't even know. <laughs> 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 Have a great summer, everyone. <laughs>